couple days ago, I had a shift where for eight hours, uh, my patient was in pulmonary edema. We couldn't figure it out. So she was choking on her own secretions and I was continuously suctioning her for eight plus hours trying to figure the scenario out. I, I was literally torching her because, and I felt so bad, but it's something I had to do to save her life. That's all part of ICU. So you better be ready for that if you want to partake in this uh, specialty. Ooh, I gotta go. I've been working, told him, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told him nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of the Couple Nurses Podcast with your hosts, Matt and myself, Peter. Some housekeeping. Make sure y'all check out couplenurses.com. We keep all our show notes there, all our blogs, everything nursing related, our travel checklists, uh, and also um, our NCLEX stuff. Just all our information is literally all on there for y'all. And don't forget to check out also wearefrontlinewarriors.com as well. Um, and if you go on wearefrontlinewarriors.shop, you get a scoop of a shirt like Matt's wearing. All that takes you to nurses.com shop jk so matt's wearing actually the last month's merch which is the couple of nurses shirt on a couple of nurses dot shop that's pretty it's pretty, pretty legit it's one of our popular sellers here i love it i would wear it for a dinner mm, you should for sure for would. a date mm. it's how hot this is <laughs> and i'm wearing the actual we are from warriors shirt it says be well and we are from warriors is our sister site we keep all our mindfulness wellness uh, blog posts under just trying to grow a better human consciousness uh you could say and also something coming out here soon is pronto check it out pronto.health.com it's an app that we are building and continuously working on that's going to revolutionize and innovate travel nursing and you could say the whole healthcare industry in general regarding jobs how you get from one location to another how you progress in your studies how you do your certification it's going to have a lot of good stuff for every nurse out there and we just wanted to um, give that out to the world just to make life a little bit more convenient we know how stressful nursing is so we want to give that app out to everybody it's going to be available for anyone that signs up so i love how these intros are always raw Mm. never pre-recorded they always get better and better but on today's episode we're going to talk about the pros and cons of being an icu nurse it is a gift blessing to see patients in their most daring moments family during life threatening situation. So we're going to discuss both the negative and positive aspects of that and the overall impact on us on how it's been being a nurse for so long. And maybe you'll be inspired to become an ICU nurse after listening to this podcast. So it has different benefits and all that versus like tele ICU. Um, I remember my first experience seeing an ICU nurse. I'm like, damn, this is intense. As a new grad was when my patient, I called a rapid on him, and he had, all he had was a, a right foot IV peripheral. Mm. And was it IO? No, just mm. a peripheral. So I took the patient down, and this ICU nurse was like, oh, my God, he needs to have a pick line. What's going on? Like, she was just so intense with everything happening, and I, I'm like, whoa, like, this nurse just has a handle, knows what to order. And I was impressed by just the level of knowledge that she knew, which really drew me into wanting to really be nice nurse. that's really cool i'm glad you said it like that because you literally like develop that in the hospital and it's kind of um how you could you grow as a nurse majority of nurses start off in like med surge tele maybe step downs and then moments like the moment that matt had where 
an ICU nurse comes up to help or an ER nurse comes up to help really shows you the other aspects of, of nursing because most of us, when we leave nursing school or finish nursing school, we enter the, the nursing industry. So we usually apply to hospital, get a job. And that job is basically all we know of nursing because you orientate for like three months and then you get your bearings within like the first year. So you've already spent a one full year as a nurse on, on one unit. So you kind of start, start to lose the other nursing that you're not doing, like the stuff that you did in nursing school, some of the, the theory regarding the topics and uh, issues regarding patients in other units. So it's always cool to kind of get a refresher because you, a lot of times we're scared to leave our home unit, the first thing that we, that we started off, off because we're not sure what's gonna happen. But moments like the ones Matt had that a nurse comes in and kind of inspired you to kind of check out the ICU because you really like the way she handled the situation. Yeah, and honestly, I, I love what I do. I enjoy ICU nursing. I don't wanna do anything else as far as nursing as of now i really enjoy that aspect of what has to offer seeing the worst of the worst just being so involved in like every little meticulous thing orifice drop whatever comes in comes out we know it all and it's it's honestly like doing science at work it's an experiment at at the end because there's so much happening your patient is de-escalating maybe he needs a lasix drip a dose of that CO2, uh, he's in metabolic uh, acidosis. He needs a couple amps of bicarbonate. It's just so fascinating seeing the science involved. And before we even start the episode, talk about pros and cons. That's like what I love most about it is that five patients versus one, that depth of science. And that's what I like really initially uh, got into it for because I enjoy science. Mm. Yeah. And it's a, I feel like it's a big history thing too. Because do you like history too? I enjoyed yeah. history ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like nursing Look is... Look at our all a couple of news episodes. Yeah. Always about right. Russia, news, Iraq, petrol dollar, you name it. We love it. Everything. So that might be what pulls you into nursing because nursing is science and it's history too. Because it's almost like the new information that's presented to you. Like the stuff that the patient is going through, signs and symptoms, all that kind of stuff. That's like the science of it. The, the, like the nuances. And then the history is more of like you being like the scholar looking through his charting like, hey... Um, this happened because of this and so on and so forth. You learn the cause and effect, but it's like you're learning it through, through their history, but applying science to history to figure out how the patient got here and how we could make them better to have them um, go to a different different floor. Yeah. But I like going back to your story again. Um, like, imagine if that nurse, that the ICU nurse that you mentioned, <clears throat> imagine if she, if you, your interaction was negative, it was bad. So I just want to stress the importance of being nice to your coworkers and not talking down upon other units and, and things like that because we should all try to inspire um, like every everybody, you know? So you should always try to just, just be nice and be a genuine person because there's no reason for you to talk down a different unit because if you would have had a bad experience with this nurse, you probably would have been like, oh, this is how ICU nurses are. If ICU nurses are all like this, I don't want to go ICU, I'm going to go ER. Very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so and, no, and that's one of, one of the first pros is like, if you like science, you can be completely involved in the science aspect of things and collaborate. If you're on days, you can say, hey, this is going on. I'm seeing the rise in creatinine. Let's order this. You get to involve with the whole interdisciplinary team and you really learn so much. And if you want to get into being an NP and all that and furthering education, this is a very like critical standpoint because you're going to learn the big picture versus doing med surgery where we're more focused on task-driven things versus the science and I become an NP and you have to do more of that science-based mm-hmm. things because you're putting in orders. Yeah, learning is definitely the biggest pro. And that's kind of what attracted me to the ICU as well. Think about it this way. <clears throat> so your nursing school, you go through fundamentals, you go through health assessment, 
and you learn about different systems, how they work and how they come together. And nursing is literally combining all those books into each patient. Because for each patient, you incorporate health assessment. So everything that you learn health assessment, you're you're basically breaking it down to the fundamentals, the basics, you're applying it to your, to your patient. Lung sounds, heart sounds, blood pressure, heart rate, bowel sounds, all that kind of stuff, that's your health assessment. And then fundamentals comes into, into it as well because you gotta figure out what does what. The liver does this, the kidneys, you gotta look at their creatinine clearance, you gotta look at their BUN, the heart, you gotta look at certain numbers, certain parameters, and you apply all that stuff, but into one patient each time. So it's almost like a new book and a new class in nursing school in each patient. Yeah, and that's what it was when I started as a, a med surgeon, having five patients always running around feeling like you know refreshments and narcotics. Yep. And if you like science, you wanna dive more into that, one patient has it all, because that's what we read, we're being detectives, uh, it's so fun. It's like being a cop, but instead of fighting crime, you're fighting in the name of science, trying to help this person. You're fighting bacteria because he's septic, mm-hmm. right? Figuring it out. Yeah, and then you learn a lot of stuff about collaboration too. Uh, and like the med search floors, the tele floors, there's like there's collaboration on there because you have to get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time. But in ICU, there's like a different kind of collaboration where it's more of collaboration in a sense that you're trying to figure things out, not necessarily doing things because you're not sure how your patient is responding to some medication or if you're not sure what to do, you usually like ask the nurse next to you, the ICU nurse, and you kind of figure out certain things bef- instead of just like calling the doctor right away. So collaboration in that sense and also like collaboration, I feel like we help each other out with uh, like the, their outside problems too. I feel like since ICU nursing is like, is really stressful and people are very heated and very, you could say emotional during certain things, I feel like that almost allows them to be a little bit more vulnerable. That makes sense. Yeah, we, did, we, we hear our patients so much. And how about like nurse to nurse? Times. To nurse to nurse. Yeah, I feel like working in the ICU and seeing like the worst of the worst and um, and kind of like working with that stuff, I feel like it brings Stronger down some, some shields, yeah. And you're more open to things because it's just like you realize that, hey, like if you have patients that die like in their 40s, you're like, hey, like maybe you think of like more in like a time scale where it's just like, if it's bothering me, if it's on my chest, I might as well just talk to somebody about it and be open about it. Like, you know, kind of what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Thank you. You become more vulnerable. Yeah. Another pro of that is having access to the medical team. So we have intensivists in most ICUs where we have something on demand at NPPA overnight. Makes things so much easier. We don't have to call around. We go directly to the source. This is going on. We get orders. And it's very convenient. Uh, in some places, for example, this current contract, we have MODs, which are hospitalists. So it kind of sucks in this ICU because the, he might not have the scope of practice of intensivist. Orders might not be always something you want, especially if you're an experienced uh, ICU nurse, and it could delay things. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. But most places, you have intensivists. It's straight business and to the point. You don't have to go and call and page and do all that, which I love as a nurse. Because, again, working other floors, it's such a drag getting contact with doctors or they're getting grumpy because you called for Tylenol overnight. That's not the situation in the ICU anymore. Hey, doc, he's already awake. Let me just get some Tylenol. Cool. It's super clutch. That's, yeah, that's the one thing that bothers me a little bit about this hospital is you don't have that intensivist right there sitting with you. Like Santa Monica was super cool because we literally sat in the same hallway as the like the NP or intensivist 
so the access was was uh was it was really amazing and um i was gonna bring up a point but i really lost what i was gonna talk about but yeah santa monica was great like this this stuff is a little bit harder to, to get in touch and get the orders you want and you said there's a little bit of a, a lack of knowledge because this isn't like a super crazy acute hospital so that's also a reason why you don't have such uh, an acute service you could say because here they don't even do um what did they not do here in the ed with for the strokes oh they don't have a cath lab they don't have, they don't a, have cath a cath lab. lab yeah so they don't even have a cath lab here which is uh, i'm not bashing a hospital or anything it's a cool hospital it's great they do great they do great services and they do provide great care but this is probably one of the lower acuity hospitals that we worked in yeah you're just not used to the acuity of not mm -hmm. having cath lab and getting sent out another pro of being an icu nurse is having a larger autonomy and scope of practice of what you carry out. So as an ICU nurse, the doctor gives me parameters for potassium, for magnesium. I have access to a lot more PRNs, for example, heart rate control, blood pressure control. It's more standardized and I don't need to call about little meticulous things. I just kind of carry out my task. I'm using my critical thinking and knowledge because of my autonomy to deliver the treatment. So I love that where I, I have a 12 hour shift. There's a lot of crazy things happening with my patient, throwing up, I have already everything PRN and I just take care of my job, not necessarily telling the doctor about every little thing like pain, I need to order this. So I love the autonomy. And another thing is orders, uh, like titration. That's another cool thing mm -hmm. about the ICU here, which is autonomy. I'm modifying my drips and playing the balance meme of trying to get this patient off Levo monitoring his map versus looking at his neurological signs, seeing how he's sedated on the ventilator, and I'm going up on my propofol Versed or Presidex to make sure his RAS is a negative three, which means he opens up his eyes briefly for 10 seconds but falls back asleep. So we're even being like chemists, which is awesome, titrating these drips and making it happen. Mm. So well, the like patient's most uncomfortable. The two-bag insulin were if uh, blood sugar is within a certain parameter, you got to do like 50% of D10 and 50% of, uh, I think it was like saline and something else. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I it's love autonomy, yeah. Yeah, I, I love when I come into to my shift and look at the MAR and look at the PRN and I see a bunch of PRN medication. I'm just like, yes. But, I, but then I'm like, you know, sometimes I look at it, I'm just like, okay, there's a lot of PRN medication here. How sick is this patient? You know, what the hell is actually going on? So it's like the more PRN meds, the sicker they are. But the, another really good way to look at it is the more PRNs you have, the more of a independent nurse you could be. Because you could literally, if you have PRNs for blood pressure, uh, PRNs for, for lights, PRNs for pain, PRNs for nausea, all that kind of stuff, then, then you're set and you're just kind of like almost like, you're almost like the anesthesia, you, you could say, where you're just playing around with, with the meds, whatever the patient is having trouble with, you technically already have it, so you just give it. It's pretty cool. It's like playing the piano. Yeah. Another perk of uh, being an ICU nurse is the greater progression of your career to honestly every single part of healthcare. If you want to be a, C a CRNA, which is the highest paid nurse, what we could call that, you have that accessibility because you need to have ICU experience. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a doctor or progress there, you're gonna learn so much about the human body because of having the ratios of one to one where you're gonna understand the human body so much and maybe you'll love and want to go to medicine. So I think it's a great stepping stone in nursing to do ICU if you want to uh, uh, progress on your career. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, mm. I was about to say, I think every nurse should work in ICU for a little bit, but 
I understand that not every nurse wants to recognize you. So. Bias there. Yeah, yeah. Super Labor biased. and delivery. Super biased, yeah. And then also another pro is the ratios. They're two to one, one to one. Here in California, ratios have been amazing to us. In the Midwest, where we used to practice nursing, sometimes we get three to one. And you know, it's tough, but you get that luxury because most metro juniors tell you units they're four, five, six, depending on, on, on how you work. And like I said, like, or like Matt said, it's cool because you get to explore your patient more. You get to be more in depth with their care. And that's another thing that really drew me to ICU because it's nice getting to talk to people and communicate and do things for them and all that kind of stuff that, that comes in with telefloors, metrics, floors, and, and other floors where patients are more ambulatory. That's, that's nice, but I just prefer having somebody that's critically ill where I could almost figure out how to solve on my own. And regarding those mm-hmm. ratios, just because it's one to one or two to one, that doesn't mean that you're going to have an easier sh- shift and you should get into ICU because sometimes you're working more with that one to one patient on CRT, managing drips, changing him because he's pooping versus having five patients. You do a lot of meds, you're busy three hours, and then you're chilling for the night. So the workload is mm-hmm. there overall in nursing. It's it's a tough career. Yeah, because I haven't done much metric stuff, but when I got floated in Oakland and I had like five patients, one day, uh, they were all stable, which was nice. And I'm going to be honest with you, those five patients compared to two patients in an ICU, those ICU patients were more work than pay those those five on the med surge floor. It is, it is, I'm not saying every shift is like that. It just depends. That's why acuity is so, so important. It's just, but that's just why I prefer the two to one and one to ones because you don't really have to. I feel like if I have four patients, there's more chance of those four being acute than those two because no matter what if you have four acute patients that's more than two acute patients that that's a love-hate relationship numbers love-hate relationship of nursing not knowing Mm -hmm. what's your acuity going to be how your shift is going to go so that little bit of anxiety and in our contract now not knowing where you're going to float you might be anywhere two different hospitals but it's it's fun yeah it's a good time i mean staff is great everyone's so helpful everyone everyone's so nice like i feel like every place we travel to everyone is everyone is so nice and we've all heard that travel nursing is bad because you don't get like approved to the unit or people don't like you or people hate you or they want to give you these tough assignments like sometimes you get a tough assignment yeah it is what it is everybody eventually gets a tough assignment have you ever been a staff nurse for a month you could say and not have a tough assignment it happens it's gonna happen all the time so so for all of you that aren't travel nursing yet y'all should definitely travel nurse and also check out prontahealth.com another pro of being an icu nurse is less service <laughs> industry feel so because that your patient is me, intubated, sedated, they're critically ill, you're not doing the little stuff of bringing ice, I don't know, doing a back scratch. I had to do like a five, 10 minute back scratch a couple days ago on my shift. I'm like, oh my gosh. And this lady was a pain in the butt. She had a dressing harder. Oh, you're pinching me. That's not scratching. And I'm just like, geez, man. So I'd rather just focus on the critical stuff versus the little tedious stuff and not feel low, so much like, hey, we need to make sure these standards are of a five-star hotel. Yeah. And that's like big aspects of, hey, ICU is awesome. Yeah, last week I had a patient tell me uh, to reposition her legs and then they, they're fine. She wasn't happy with how you position them, but she said, they're fine because you come back in four hours and refluff my pillows. See, I was like, you gotta do that, I was that, like, man. damn. I was like, okay. And so I was like, hey, you having trouble sleeping? Yeah. All right, cool. And what's I, 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 I can help you with that one for sure. And what's funny with that is technically if you're a patient, the more often you come, you know what nurses do and every single one has their best way to pamper patients. So eventually they know 
what how they want to be pampered so they just let you know baby you got to take care of me comb my hair let me get that shower cap tonight mm. can i take a shower there's a lot of stuff that goes into yep. it and then you're like damn i wish i was back at the icu so let's just go into some cons now one thing i would say is we get the worst of the worst if you have an eto patient that's not working giving some ativan they come down they're violent grandma's crazy restraints mittens they're trying to punch you you need to get a presidex drip uh it could become a busy 12-hour shift and you sometimes like get super annoyed because you're not you're trying to you come into nursing trying to help people and here you're trying to like control this person because they're having a they're the devil right now they're sundowning and they're going to etoh they're a different human and they don't even know who they are imagine uh this hospital we're working at right now they want to do icu diaries to write down and journal what happens with this patient imagine icu diary yeah you've been you were crazy you were restrained for 48 hours uh you've been pooping yourself you took poop and put all over your face and that's like the diary when the patient goes home they could read about it yeah imagine dude imagine you've been in a hospital for like three weeks and not remember what the hell happened and you have this diary and you read it you're just like bro this happened in three weeks like i don't remember any of this life's like, a blur crazy. so now that i think about it like because i kind of laughed it off i was like oh create a diary but now that i think about it like imagine being that patient and flipping through it it's just like whoa this is what i went through and i don't remember any of it or I went through all this pain and this is what happened. It's crazy, man. Yep. And the other like kind of that spectrum is you don't get the worst of the worst. Now you have a crashing patient where for like eight, 12 hours, you're trying to save this patient's life. In some aspects, you have three shifts in a row, same patient. You're trying to save their life and they keep on crashing, getting worse. You're telling the family all this positive stuff and it's just not working out. And that, that becomes tough. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you're hanging blood and you're doing all the tasky stuff, not on the emotional side, and you're just exhausted because you hung three units of blood, hung four different pressers, managing stuff, calling a gift of hope or organ donation service, and uh, you're drained. Yeah, so very the one of the main cons is the stress. It's a high stressful environment, and sometimes if you don't know how to properly deal with the high stressful environment it does tend to carry over to like your social life and your outside of work life because we are dealing with people that are on the brink of death and it really gives you a different perspective of life what it is because you read notes and you have somebody there that's like 34 years old man i match 28 now happy birthday thanks and bro and i'm 27 so it's just like not too far from where i'm at right now and just like whoa like this guy's prone he's on two pressers completely sedated paralyzed and he's like 34 39 years old and you're thinking about like not only is it stressful doing the work to keep him alive but it's like you're also stressed kind of because you you think about what he's going through and you think about how much life he 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 lived so that is almost like a hidden stress because it affects your energy and affects you emotionally even though you might not think about it all the time like that it, it does take a toll and that's the added added stress of that you could say emotional stress and that energy sh- stress that you have because it's right. very and especially if you have like a tough month or a tough week where people just just collapse on you so things just aren't going your way it's just a tough month you happen to have the have the hard assignments and then you have family that aren't satisfied with the care or there's a dilemma going on with the family because now there's a pressure sort going on and there's nothing we could do about it because patient's been there for three weeks and he's not getting better. And it's it's a total cluster. It's, it's a cluster of, of emotion, of, of stress. And if you don't know how to properly, you could say numb it out or 
close that door and then reopen it when you come back to work, then you're gonna have a tough time in ICU. And that's definitely definitely a con. And it does boil over if you don't know how to properly take care of it. So, something you made me think about. So we talk about stress, we talk about cortisol and the release, release of that having negative effects on your body. So if there's 168 hours in a week and 36 plus hours are devoted to high stress environment like working in the ICU, what are the long-term implications of spending that percentage of your life mm. always in high stress? Because it's constant when stuff like that happens. Yeah. Like, what does that deplete our adrenaline? Do we feel more emotionally fatigued? Look at the whole pandemic where there's articles talking about burnout, PTSD, all that emotion, man. It's such a burden that that's not talked about that mm. we have to carry with ourselves outside of work yeah and it's a different stress if you're not a healthcare professional if you're not a physician if you're not a nurse if you're not a cna registered therapist or shout out to anybody else that's in a healthcare field you don't really know what kind of stress we deal with because we understand the stress of getting yelled at and written by your boss for not hitting these numbers or these metrics or not hitting your your job goals but the stress associated with caring for a human being that if you mess something up if you mess something up, nurses don't make a lot of mis- nurses don't make mistakes, and of course, if mistakes do happen, but you're trying to keep this person alive, and sometimes they just they just pass away, and you are working with that person. You're going through their end of life stages, and you're communicating with the patient, you're communicating with the family, and you're like almost in charge of the whole situation, and that's that's stressful because once that person is gone, there's nothing you could you could change or, or fix to bring that person back. And it's just a crazy ICU environment, and it's just, yeah, it takes a toll, man. Like yeah. it's legit. Like, like I'm, if I if I had to work as an ICU nurse for eight hours a day, like five times a week, I couldn't do it, bro. No way. It's that's horrible. It's always thinking about that every day. Always thinking about somebody may potentially die on me today. Five days out of the week is way too much. And that's what sucks too, because if you like work med surgeon stuff, you could be like half in it where. You're planning an event outside of work and your patients are stable and they're sleeping the whole night and you're chilling versus you have to be constantly in it mm-hmm. and involved in your patient because if something happens, you got to know things right yeah. away. You're the rapid response team in like teleforce and stuff like that. You have the 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 backing of a rapid response team. So you call rapid and people will come help you out. And in the ICU, you're the code team, you're a rapid response team. You're the, you're the one doing all this. So you're all just, you're just trying to figure that out. And it's super hard to figure out. Of course, you have a good team of collaborators next to your peers, your coworkers, but just it's a lot of responsibility. And what's crazy about it is what age do we start nursing? 22, 23? I was 21. 21. So 21, 22, 23. Like you're still young. You're still trying to figure out life. You're still trying to figure out, figure out why you're here. What's your meaning? What's the point of life? What is the meaning of, of life? And you get thrown into an environment where you see people die. Uh, it could be on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, a couple of times a year that's not something that a lot of people get to experience and it takes a, a definitely a toll and it's a different kind of kind of stress but it's just like a double-edged sword you're very fortunate to have it but it's also like a curse because you're dealing with that kind of stuff yeah another con is the the physical labor on top of the stress because your patient is not able to participate in care at all you are doing everything for them including wiping them they're peeing you're turning them and most hospitals don't have access to equipment so you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting you're doing the draw sheets you are 
not having good posture, you're in between IV poles and cables, and you got to lift that patient up because they're uncomfortable, they're in pain, and I don't care what your posture is, I need to get off my back. So we lit all the time put ourselves second, and there's a lot of workplace injury. Look how uh, our current contract uh, involves all this like equipment mm. and um, accessibility to that because of the workplace injuries that could happen. Like think about even your, your personal experience. Has there been a time where you maybe lifted a patient, you felt like something pulled, oh, yeah. or or like your right leg shocked or whatever, right? We we've ex- I experienced it too multiple times, and it just shows you if both experienced it, they're doing it in a hospital. It's it's, it's a thing. A lot of it's in the ICU because, like Matt said, these patients can't can't help themselves. They can't help you turn. They can't do anything for you. And sometimes being the independent nurses that we try to be, we try to th- take things into our own hands and in our own hands only, and we try to boost our patient up. You know, put them reverse Trendelenburg and boost number or whatever you got to do by yourself, and then you end up pulling the muscle and pulling pulling the Mac muscle, pulling the hamstring again. It's just that's the reason why these workplace injuries happen is because you try to do it by yourself because there's lack of support, or just because you're in a, in a rush. And it sucks. One thing I realized yesterday is I love hospitals that take care of the nurses and give them accessibility to equipment mm-hmm. because in this contract, every room has lift equipment like the hover mat where it takes like 90 percent of the lifting you're just pulling the patient because they're hovering over air and for some reason we still want to do it do it without it you know but it's so easy to do all you gotta do is blow it up and a lot of places just have the boards mm-hmm. it's heavy boards. heavy physical labor another thing is i was proning my patient yesterday in most places i'm manually reaching over with bad posture oh i gotta talk to the mic mm-hmm. bad posture I'm on an angle, pulling my probably lat, right lat here, trying to lift them up so we could turn the head because they're intubated versus there's a slings and there's, um what are those called? The lift, uh, the, the lift lift machine, yeah. The lift machine at work in every single room. I plug in the sling. All I'm doing as an ICU nurse now is I'm holding a button up. The patient lifts up. RT turns the head and stabilizes the T-tube. Press the button down and I'm done versus Watch. here lifting and straining my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And we had those in Santa Monica too, but we just, for some reason, chose to do it um, uh, manually for some reason. Yeah, like utilize your equipment. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I don't utilize it as much as I should just because I try to get in and get out. And um, get, But if you're going to do that, just be careful because you could definitely hurt yourself. There's no issue with using a machine. Don't be like embarrassed because you got to use a machine or don't feel like if the patient needs something now, you have to get it now. Like, hey, tell them. Um, I understand the day you want to go to the chair now, but I can't get you out of bed by myself because maybe you're partial weight bearing or they're post hip and they need some help standing up. Tell them that you got to get a machine or get somebody else to help you or a walker or something because don't feel rushed. You should, this isn't this isn't a restaurant. This isn't a, a a hotel, and patients should never rush you. You should you should never rush you because then if you're gonna rush you, you're gonna be more prone to mistakes. You're gonna get stressed. So every time somebody tries to rush you, just you know, let them know that, hey, I'm just, it's going to take some time. You're not the only one here, buddy. Another con is the nasty wounds that we see. We deal with the worst of the worst. So if you are somebody that doesn't like to get their hands dirty, it's not the place. Sputum. We get a lot of that. Mm. Patients vomiting. Blood coming out from different orifices. We see some nasty wounds. Uh, trach care. Like some patients, it's all, yeah. yeah. Some patients are incontinent, but you don't understand the full potential of incontinence when you have a sedated, intubated patient that you're trying to have them poop. 
That's when I think of when someone tells me incontinent, like they're incontinent, I think of that because that's a mess, bro. If, and when they're paralyzed and stuff around tube feeds, it's it's a legit a shit show. And I a couple of days ago, I had a shift where for eight hours, uh, my patient was in pulmonary edema. We couldn't figure it out, so she was choking on her own secretions, and I was continuously suctioning her for eight plus hours trying to figure the scenario out. I I was literally torching her because, and I felt so bad. But it's something I had to do to save her life. Mm. And that's just, yeah, it's just a lot of nastiness that we deal with sometimes. And that's all part of ICU. So you better be ready for that if you want to partake in this uh, specialty. Yeah, yeah. Another con uh, is most places don't offer more pay for ICU. So when you think of the ICU, usually people think of it as more of, I don't want to say prestigious, but more of like, it's more of a acute care setting. So you're using more knowledge and more of your nursing school-based stuff than you are in other floors. So a lot of people would say that they should be be kind of compensated with higher pay, but not all hospitals do it, and they don't do it here in, in California as well. I guess this depends on hospital, per hospital basis, but I know in my hospital they didn't. And I kind of understand why, because we technically are are all nurses even though some of us were med surge er oncology labor delivery peds all that kind of stuff we're all technically equal so maybe instead of just giving a icu higher pay everyone should get higher pay and because of the pandemic too now we realize that if hospitals are going to get over flooded with critical patients the icu is where it's happening and it's been busy as hell these past two years dealing with all this and trying to navigate through something we never navigated through and that's that adds on to the emotional stress to the more critical patients a busier now now we have to gown on all the time depending on what's going on patients are dying more there's higher mortality in the icu you're dealing with more critically patients where the family's more more emotionally stressed where they might lash out on you you might be dealing with a lot of emotional baggage there and just negative energy overall and that's that just plays into the holistic holistic um life of who you are like mm-hmm. you want to take all that on because it's a lot it's not it's not made for everybody as a specialty because if you're listening to this episode and thinking if you want to get into it it's rough it's a calling it is rewarding mm-hmm. and i do love it even though we are sharing all these cons mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to think of like is an ICU a fit for a specific individual? But then I'm trying to, but not I'm trying to, but then I'm thinking about other nurses that I worked with in the past that were new to the ICU. And then I, I've seen how they developed and how they, they grew. I don't think there's a specific personality for an ICU nurse. I think your personality changes by the work you do. So if you're thinking about maybe doing ICU, but trying to figure out, hey, if, if I'm going to go to ICU, do I have to be a, be well in time management? Do I have to be well in, well versed in grammar or how I speak? Or do I have to know all these pressures ahead of time and all that kind of stuff? To be honest, you're not gonna know if you're gonna like the ICU until you try it. You learn with experience. Yeah, because given a, I mean, given a person I am, um, I didn't, I didn't look at the ICU as, hey, I need to hit these standards for me to, to be a good outfit for ICU nurse. You just go there, you explore, you do what you're supposed to do, you learn, and like you'll grow into it. If if you're if it's a tough time in the beginning, just realize that nursing school is also in the beginning. Uh, not in the beginning, but learn that nursing school is also hard in the beginning. But guess what? 
you got through it and now you're a nurse. So just because the IC might be hard in the beginning doesn't mean you won't grow into it and, and ultimately love your career. But there also is, a, is the other side where you might try it out because you think it's a good fit and you might hate it. And that's completely normal too. There's not there's no reason why you should stay in the ICU if you don't want to work there, if it's just not if it's just not for you. There's so many nursing units out there, there's so many different ways nursing could take you. You shouldn't waste your time being and working in a unit that you don't like to work in. And that's why I'm gonna push travel nursing here once again, because that's like the best way for you to learn. Yes. And I just wanted to say that being an ICU nurse has humbled me tremendous. Talking about all these cons sharing how like hard it's been it's been absolutely humbling seeing all this shit and it just gives me a lot of gratitude in life to everything that i'm doing or or seeing the worst of the worst and having these beautiful moments with my patients that gave me like gems of wisdom that i could carry with myself you usually learn so much as an icu nurse and experiences that you could apply to every aspect of your life just like you know we say oh nurses make great entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. I feel like being an ICU nurse, I've learned so much wisdom in such a short period of time that I could uh, apply to my life. Yeah, it's, it's been a blessing, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking now. You know how they associate the elderly with like wisdom, but in a sense, I think we we all have our own wisdom because if something I don't want to say something happens, but so let's take this example uh, for for a second. So you have this wisdom in in healthcare and wisdom in in the knowledge education you have, be, be like being a nurse. And only you have that. You don't go through life and you don't experience life the same way somebody does that is like a financial planner. They yeah. go through life that way and they have their own wisdom regarding that. But the only way for them to be able to get knowledge regarding healthcare and health and compassion and being with people at the end of their life and how to treat them, that's the, that's the wisdom that he has to get from you. And that financial literacy stuff, that where to invest your money, you got to get that wisdom from him. So it's like with we're just we're almost like independent books. And if you really want to learn about life and about yourself, even you start by reading a book. And that's also started by talking to somebody else because they offer you different perspectives and different way of looking at things. That's why healthcare, like healthcare, needs to take care of nurses better to give us more time to spend time with these patients and meet their, those emotional needs. A uh, great example is why I said it's like so humbling and it's like you're just exchanging that experience and knowledge is I had a patient that was a marriage counselor. I found out because I asked about his career mm-hmm. and I asked them, what's like the secret to a healthy marriage? He's a marriage counselor. He talks to so many people. Imagine the knowledge he has of thousands of hours of talking to negative people. He told me that the secret to a healthy marriage is honesty and communication mm. that's all it is how simple is that look how valuable that information is that i've learned from this patient now i could apply it to my own life and that's why i, I love nursing as a general that's why i podcast about it and encourage nursing because man it's awesome yeah. yeah that's deep dude that's that's very that's very good advice for everybody out there communication and honesty yes and they're, and they're right there guys thank you so much for your time see you next time peace guys have a great day